Welcome back to the With Ross podcast. It's been just over a month since moving here to Mexico City. And every day I come to like Mexico more and more. And I just wanted to take a moment to share some thoughts on Mexican culture, some, some notes I've jotted down over the last month, what I've learned about it and how it compares with other places that I've lived and traveled. First of all, Mexico is very laid back. And if I had to put it into one word, it's that it's unpretentious. I don't feel like I'm violating any social norms when I'm walking around. And I'll tell you what I mean by that in a moment. I've had experiences in every country I've been to where I've unintentionally violated local norms. I could do an hour-long episode or a whole, a whole podcast, a spin-off podcast about embarrassing language mistakes or some other social faux pas that I've committed in different countries. I've had a lot of these more than anywhere else in Japan. Japan has so many layers of formality and all these manners that it's almost impossible as a foreigner not to have a few of these stories. There are rules about what you do with your chopsticks and how deep you bow to different people based on their age and social status and things like that. It gets very complicated. One example of a, a faux pas that I made in Japan was that one time I was staying a few nights at the home of a Japanese friend's family and I forgot to take off my shoes at the entrance. I walked through the house and a lot of words were yelled in Japanese. There was a lot of, a lot of chaos from his parents until I realized my error. And then the brooms and the mops came out and the house was sanitized. And my friend explained to me, reminded me, I knew it. I just, you know, was used to, to wearing shoes in the house um, that that was not allowed in Japan. Another time in Japan, I had just arrived to Tokyo from Nepal and I was meeting up with an American friend who was also traveling there. And I was wearing what I'd been in, what I'd been wearing for the last few months in Nepal, trekking and various other countries, which was a tank top tennis shoes and shorts. We got on the subway and we were having a conversation, talking loudly as Americans tend to do in public. When I paused to look around, I looked up, all the Japanese on the subway were completely silent, most staring at their phones, reading a book, and they were all dressed in black business suits. Everyone, it's like the official uniform of the Japanese businessman and businesswoman. We were the only ones having a conversation on the entire subway car and the only ones with any color on our clothing. So that was an interesting experience. Not necessarily a violation of any rules, but it felt like we were causing a scene just by doing what we would normally do at home. On New York subway, we'd blend right in, but in Tokyo, it was like we were standing out amongst the crowd. And one last embarrassing story that, that comes to mind as I talk about this, when I was trekking in Nepal, in 2014, I was staying in a tea house, which are the little guest houses where the families host trekkers along the trails. This particular one was in Longtong. And we were having a meal or playing cards. You know, it was after dinner in this tea house. I can't remember what we were doing. But out of habit, I started whistling. And immediately, every Nepali in the room snapped their head to me. They looked at me like I'd just done something wrong. And my trekking guide <laughs> pulled me aside and told me that in Nepal, they believe that whistling indoors summons evil spirits. Unintentionally violated this rule. And Nepal also has some very complex social rules in terms of how you address people of different ages, different castes, and so on. It's, it's very complicated. 
So I've had these experiences in every foreign country that I've been to. But Mexico, it seems to be more laid back in terms of manners and dress. There's not these complex caste systems. And I'm sure as I learn more about things here that I'll discover something I'm doing wrong. But people here just seem relaxed, easygoing, and again, unpretentious is the best word I have for it. The next thing I want to talk about that is absolutely core to Mexican culture is taco stands, or in Spanish, puesto de tacos. There is an estimated 115,000 taco stands in Mexico. There are more taco stands, according to this article that I'm going to put in the show notes, than there are schools. And just outside the building where I live, there are taco stands on three out of the four corners of the nearest intersection. You just walk up to the puesto, you grab a taco, load it up with some onions, some cilantro, there's a variety of salsas, and you stand around eating it, chatting with the other people that are on their lunch breaks, also grabbing a taco. And it's really nice. It's a really cool culture. And from puestos, tacos are about eight pesos on average, which is about 40 US cents. They're very small tacos, but you only need two or three for a meal. You're talking about like a dollar for a little, a nice quick lunch from a puesto. From a taqueria, which are the more established taco places, they run about 18 to 25 pesos, which is about a dollar, dollar 20 US. With the puestos, they're usually operated by one person, maybe a couple. Sometimes you'll see a married couple working a taco puesto. They'll make hundreds of tacos in their kitchen in the morning, load them all up in a basket, and then sell them on the street until they run out, which is usually around 3 p.m., 4 p.m., somewhere around there. And talking about tacos, I have to mention al pastor. In Mexico, you can find what's called al pastor. It's a type of Mexican cuisine that is made from marinated pork that is cooked on a spit called an el trampo. And el trampo is similar to shawarma. It's a big spit loaded up with meat. The meat is typically sliced thin and served with tortillas, onions, cilantro. It's often topped with a pineapple salsa, which tenderizes the meat and has a sweet and tangy flavor to it. And then the meat is seasoned with achiote, which is a reddish-orange spice native to Central America, and it's used in a lot of Mayan and Aztec dishes. Al Pastor originated just outside of Mexico City here in Central Mexico in the city of Puebla in the late 19th century. It was invented as a fusion by Christian Lebanese immigrants to the area who couldn't get lamb as easily as they could in Lebanon, but they were able to get lots and lots of pork. And they didn't have any restrictions on eating pork once they came to Mexico, like they did in their home country. So they substituted that, and thus was born the magical dish that is al pastor. Next note about Mexico is how extremely dog-friendly it is. It's the most dog-friendly city I've ever visited. You can take your dog into cafes, into restaurants. There's only a handful of places where you can't take your dog. And in those cases, they usually provide parking for your dog, which is hilarious. Like the Walmart next to where we live always has a few dogs waiting patiently for their owners to shop. And then 7-Eleven, 7-Elevens on the corners have these little hooks in the shape of dog bones mounted to their exterior walls. So you can just walk up and clip your dog's leash to it and you can park up to four dogs at a time outside the 7-Elevens. It's really 
entertaining to see. And the city also has the best behaved dogs I have ever seen. I think it's standard practice that when you adopt a dog here, you get it trained. If you walk around the streets, you'll see dog trainers walking around with a dozen dogs on a leash at a time. And then they go to the local parks and work on behavior training. So you see all these dogs just sitting or lying patiently off leash, usually just hanging out, waiting for their turn with the trainer. And I posted a short video on YouTube showing this. It's really fascinating. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well. Um, and then once the dogs are trained, you'll see the owners are walking around with their dogs off leash and the dogs are glued to their side, walking right by their side, crossing busy streets. They're not running off. They're not fighting other dogs. They're not eating things or chasing squirrels. So it's really incredible behavior when you compare it to a lot of the rest of the world where <laughs> dogs are allowed to do whatever. And one last note on dogs is there isn't dog poop on the streets. I haven't seen a stray dog anywhere. So whatever they're doing, Mexico City has really figured out their dog situation. It's really pleasant having a dog here. Next unique thing about Mexico is something called the Aguinaldo. The Aguinaldo is a Christmas bonus for employees of Mexican businesses. Any business doing business in Mexico are required by law to pay employees 50% of a month's salary by December 20th each year. And that includes salaried employees and even contractors like housekeepers, drivers, and cooks. So it's a one-time bonus of, again, 50% of one month's salary paid to every single employee across the entire country. That's called the Aguinaldo. One area where Mexico is light years ahead of the US is that they use WhatsApp for everything. The government, businesses, individuals, they all use it for communications. You need to check your flight and get your boarding pass, you send a WhatsApp message to the airline. You need to schedule a doctor's appointment, WhatsApp. Immigration or tax questions from the government, WhatsApp. Many people and businesses in the US are still using SMS for messaging or calls from their SIM card, from their cell phone number, as if it's the 1990s. This is just one example of less developed countries leapfrogging over the more developed countries in terms of technology and infrastructure. Now, one thing I got wrong from my first podcast about Mexico City when I visited back in September is the traffic. In that episode, I remember saying traffic wasn't bad, it's super easy to get around. I need to revise that statement. Traffic can get horrible during rush hour. I've been stuck in an Uber for an hour that would have taken 20 minutes to walk. And the metro, I've been on the metro a number of times now, and it is packed with people. It's packed like sardines. And while there's some areas that are super bikeable and walkable, I, I've talked about those in the episode, there are also areas where it's quite stressful to be on foot, where crosswalks are largely ignored, and you have to run across the street to, uh, to survive, to get to the other side. So I wanted to update you on that aspect, that my initial impression was completely wrong <laughs> in regards to the traffic situation. Now, last thought on Mexico is just how welcoming it is, how welcoming the people are. I was in line in a convenience store and started chatting with the guy behind me. And we were just making small talk, talking about the Mexican holiday or what, whatever the weather, whatever it was. And out of nowhere, he said in the conversation, he said, your house is right around the corner. And I thought he confused me for somebody else or something. I said, oh, no, 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 I live up north in Polanco. And he explained, here in Mexico, 
we say, my house is your house. Mi casa es su casa. So your house is right around the corner. Come anytime, have a meal, have a drink. So I was like, ah, I understand. And that's the spirit here. It's just very welcoming. Anytime you enter somewhere, a restaurant, a store, employees say, buenos dias, buenos tardes, and so on to greet you. If you're at a restaurant, strangers will walk by your table and say, buen provecho, which is like bon appetit in Spanish. So it's just a very welcoming environment, and I really love it here. That's my update on Mexico City.